Just Our Real Estate, episode number 170. People hate, you know, uh, uh, someone who's bragging, but who else is going to brag about you besides you? You know what I mean? So you got to <laughs> yeah. put yourself out there. I know it sounds a little, you know, uh, uh, Donald Trumpish. All right, welcome to Just Our Real Estate. I am happy to have you here. If you've never tuned into the show before, thank you very much for tuning in. I'm really grateful that you're here. My name is Mike Simmons. I'm your host. And before we get started, I just want to ask you to do me a quick favor. If you can, pause this podcast, jump over to iTunes, give me a rating and review. I would really appreciate it. It is the best way to show your appreciation for the show. It really helps me out. It helps me reach more people. It helps it uh, helps people find me easier in iTunes, which is ultimately the goal of a podcaster, right? To be found and to be known and to have people tune in and download the show. So by you giving me a rating and review, you're going a long way to helping me out toward that end. And I would really appreciate it. Okay, on to the show. All right, guys, welcome to the second half of my awesome interview with Steve Mills. Steve is amazing. He's just a fantastic investor, tons of success, and a lot of great advice. In the second half of this interview, you're going to get just some awesome information. You're going to find out how he markets, how he builds his list that he markets to, where he finds his list, where he finds properties, how he talks to sellers, some great advice for new real estate investors and how they can really be successful in this business. I mean, it's just no nonsense advice that I think you're going to love. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the second half of this interview with Steve Mills, real estate investing superstar. We have, again, like the, the silos we have in our business for the wholesale rehab income property. We also have silos in our list part of our company. I have something that's called Top 100. My top 100 lists are the absolute most pristine locations for multifamily buildings, commercial, whatever it is, single-family rentals. It is a list of 100 properties that I'm getting to know the owner, and I will own that piece of real estate one day. It's a, a list that gets mailed to many times a year forevermore until I buy that piece of real estate, or they literally force me to get off that list. And what I mean by that, the top 100 is the buildings I want to own one day. It's the locations I want to, you know, have one day. So that list is very intimate to me. Okay. So when we create that list, I tend to start learning who those people are on the list, and I get to know them over time because I'm constantly talking with these people because one day I want to own their list. So that list was only created by me driving the streets, by me knowing where the cool parts of town are. When I'm in Birmingham and Royal Oaks and areas, where would I want to take my gal out? What building do I want to live in? You know what I mean? Those are the places I'm going to. Those are the kind of properties that go on the top 100 because they will be on there forevermore until I finally buy the property or somebody else does. And when someone else does, we'll be mailing them as well. You okay. know what I mean? So that's what list is what I call driving for dollars, getting out there and physically finding the property. Another thing we did to create our list is we created territories. The way I was taught is you create territories, almost like farming like a realtor. It's, whether it's by city, whether it's by zip code, whether it's by subdivision, whatever it is, we create territories. And then we mail each territory twice a year. So creating this list, I might go to a certain zip code. I might pull all the free and clear properties or properties purchased prior to 1997 because it's pre-bubble. That's what we call it. 
they have equity. Yep. So I put those people on the list, non-owner occupants, you know, stuff like that. That's how we compile that list by actually driving and being part of this community. You know, just like yourself, we do a lot of real estate where I get to know the community. So I know where I want to invest. That's the areas where I create my list. And it's usually a subdivision or a zip code by itself, one at a time. And another way, another passive way that we do it that absolutely gets us deals, but you're competing with a lot of other fish in the pond, is we get lists from like real lists. We get lists from, you know, guys out there, you you know the seminar guys. They provide yeah. some decent yep. lists, but they're very saturated. Yep. Well, I will say, my own brother, a couple months ago, he comes to me, he's like, gosh, you know, the REO market dried up, and he's in a different world than I am. Um, but at the same time, he's like, I need to get some new deals. I'm like, you got to start doing direct mail. And I helped him create a letter and, you know, he bought a list from one of these larger gurus. But the difference was I taught him how to answer the phone, Mike. And he bought five houses off 600 letters. He got 23 calls and he bought six houses off one landlord. Every single one of them, he flipped them and made $40,000 on signing everything. Wow. You know, and I'm not, you know, my brother's like an absolute rock star uh, professional investor, but what he understood was how to create a letter, but he understood how to talk to that seller, but he knew how to get the list as well. So sometimes the list is important. My best list is one that I've created over the years, driving the streets, knowing where I want to invest, and learning who the largest landlords are, and starting to compile that list. Other than that, we have always taken large lists from companies that you, I'm sure you promoted, or you know people that do have them, yep. where you buy thousands of addresses, but this is what we do is when we mail them, like, and people don't respond, we put them on a follow-up. If they do respond, they go into a different list. If they uh, responded and we have a talk and they don't want to sell, right now I'm going to follow up later, they go on a, another list. Do you know what I mean? So I'm almost taking my, my big list, I'm scrubbing it, yeah. mailer by mailer yeah. by mailer by mailer, too. It's a really fine-tuned list to the point where, it's like the one I have right next to me, it's multiple, multiple yellow pads stuffed with addresses and uh, spreadsheets with addresses and, and um, uh, names of sellers that I can contact on a regular basis because they called me before. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, that's 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 really cool. And that's a little different than I've heard other people do it, to be perfectly honest with you. I mean, you're basically creating customized <laughs> <You're right>. customized <laughs> lists. Nobody else does that that I've talked to, at least. Everyone is, is mailing Absolutely. the saturated list, you know, and, and I'm, I'm not even, I'm not exempt from that. I, I do the same thing. I like to think that I have a better approach on, on the phone than a lot of other, you know, wholesalers do or a lot of other investors like you talk about. But uh, I, as far as the way you're building your list, I've, I've never heard of anybody else doing that, and I certainly have not done that to this point, but that's extremely interesting. It's something I definitely want to talk to you about when we do eventually that's sit right. down uh, in person off the mic here. Now, if you don't mind, talk to me a little bit about how you structure your deals. Again, let's take this from a kind of a, uh, a beginner level uh, you know, explanation. When you do a wholesale deal, let's just for a second, let's just break down what a wholesale deal, deal is. What's, what does that even mean? And then wh how, what's the mechanisms? How, how do you actually structure it? You know, in the beginning, I used to label wholesaling as like, you know, just getting something for rock bottom and selling for the max price as is. But things have changed. What I realized that wholesaling is nowadays, it's almost like McDonald's. You know, you can pull up at McDonald's and, and this is what you say. I want a double burger with cheese. Then you go to the window and you get a double burger with cheese. Yeah. Wholesaling to me is a gentleman just like yourself that says, Steve, I'm looking for a remodel project in this area under $100,000 that I can fix up and sell for this price. So when he says, for example, that I want to buy property for 100000 guys, when I'm out there and I got a quality buyer 
and I find a deal, it doesn't matter if it's at 99000 or it's at 75000 I just made money. So sometimes a wholesale deal, the way I define it nowadays, is anything less than what your cash buyer is willing to pay or another buyer. Yeah, It could exactly. be a retail buyer. Right. You know what I mean? So wholesaling has such, it's evolved so much, even in the past five years, I look at wholesaling as just earning a profit or it's like an agent making a commission. How can I earn a small portion of the equity and take this deal from a seller and pass it on to another buyer while I'm collecting a fee? You know what yep. I mean? Yep. Um, if I look at how I structure them, I try to keep stuff so simple nowadays. When I first started, we were starting LLC after LLC and just, I mean, it was going crazy what we were doing just to assign contracts. But what I do nowadays is we typically structure our contracts where I either buy them cash and I close on them and then I resell them or I buy them and I contract the property with a clause called the and or assigns that allows me to contract that property and also assign my rights to it to another buyer, which would be stepping in your place at closing where you would not have to bring the money. And then a guy like yourself would pay me a fee, but you would close in my place. I use that and or assigns more than ever nowadays um, because it is something that is very simple. Um, agents understand it. Title companies understand it. Very normal sellers can understand it the way you describe it. And investors understand it. So it's a it's a good tool that we use to, to structure our contracts. Um, another thing that we use big nowadays is option contracts. I love using options because it allows me to contract your property for 100000 for example, but it does not obligate me to close on it for the 100000 It gives me the right to market the property or for me to have the option to purchase the property in so many days. Okay. So what I mean by that, I buy a property for a hundred and I put an option on it um, and I have an option agreement where I put a thousand dollars interest on there and I want to sell it for a hundred and five thousand. I'm obligated to buy that home when I find my buyer. But until then, depending on how my option is written up, I'm not obligated to purchase that property. So it's kind of the best of both worlds of options that provides flexibility at the same time you know, it does provide control so you can still get paid. Good. Let me um, let me but, ask you a question about that real quick, Steve. I'm, so, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to jump in. I, but I want to I want to ask you a question about the uh, about the option contract. Two things. Number one, how much time do you typically write in there to give yourself to market that before the option runs out? And number two, do you do you get any pushback from the from the sellers or any any negative feedback? Like, do they ever balk at that? You know, I would say your confidence really comes across to these sellers. And if they don't think you're, you got the goods or you can deliver an option will just make you look like you don't have money or you don't have the ability or you don't know what you're doing. So it can be a double-edged sword. So the option I would say is, you know, I'm very comfortable with explaining it. And I will say that options in the sophisticated world with builders, developers, larger investors, uh, landlords, they understand options very well because yeah. they might have purchased real estate that way. So using an option, I would say, is usually better when you're dealing with somebody who's familiar with what you're doing um, with real estate. But in terms of an option, you know, I, I really give myself as long as I need. Um, and what I mean by that, I don't want to shoot myself in the foot, but if it's a slam dunk deal, I'm just, I'm, I'm going to move forward and close on it or yeah. I'm going to assign it very quickly. But the option, for example, how I'll use it just to make easy sense is if I'm taking a house and it's a teardown in Royal Oak, Michigan, 
and this seller wants top value for that home, not wholesale, I'm going to come to him and say, you know what? You're looking for this price. I'm willing to give you that price. Are you willing to give me 90 days so I can go through the diligence process of working with the city, making sure I can build this home here or making sure that I can find a new buyer in the back end? You know what I mean? Depending yeah, on how yeah. I start Mike, yep. I will say that right to the seller and he's going to say, okay. Or he's going to say, that don't work for me. Yep. So sometimes the options, and again, it's just a tool, but it's how you describe it. You don't want to hide stuff, but I utilize an option because, Bob, the bottom line is you want the maximum value your property is worth. I want to give it to you. But yeah. I'm going to utilize this option so I can figure out exactly what I have to do to get us there, and then we'll close upon that. Does okay. that make sense? That, all yeah, <laughs> yeah that, that does make total sense. And I kind of knew what you were talking about. I've heard of an option, but I want to make sure everyone listening knows too because it's it's a fairly sophisticated mode of, of buying houses for a wholesaler. It's not. It's In other words, it's not the way you read about it in all the, the one-on-one books. Now, when you it's do the – you know. No, when, when you do the as or assigns quickly, is that – are we talking about double closings here, or is that just one closing? The guy or the gal or whoever is just stepping in and purchasing that property on your behalf, and then you get paid your assignment fee. Is it on the HUD? Is that how it's working? Yeah, yeah, I get paid an assignment fee. Um, say I, I purchase a property for one hundred thousand with an and or assigns clause, and Mike, you are my buyer at one hundred and ten thousand. Mm -hmm. I will collect a ten thousand dollar fee. But yes, there will be two different sets because. You know, one person's buying it. You're buying it, for example, at 110,000. Your policy again. I don't want to talk too up there because you you understand it so, Mike. But yep. the listeners just follow me. Title company, you know, they provide a policy at 110,000. Well, your seller sold that 110, so there is a discrepancy there. That's what that wholesale fee is there for. And the title company can actually help you craft that assignment, if you will, because they're familiar with it. Right. But yes, that fee is on the HUD. Everybody knows what's going on. There's nothing shady going on. Yeah. Um, you know, so everything's right on the table. Absolutely. Okay, good. That's what I, I wanted to clarify for everybody. All right. So quick, and I, I keep saying quickly, it's only because I promised you a time frame here and we're blowing right past it because this is just gold. I mean, it's just great stuff. You did you did give me the out and said, let's just do this and, and, and let's go with it until we're done, but I don't want to abuse your time here. So let's let's talk a little bit about how you built your buyer's list. You know, you said that you have guys and gals on your list as a short, kind of an intimate, small intimate list where you can almost just place a phone call and sell a lot of these properties. You know you have people who can perform and step in and buy these. It's it, You don't have to market a lot of them if you don't want to. How did you get to that point? How did you develop that list? You know, in the very beginning, it was out there networking. It's hustle. It's all the stuff that all you guys that are listening to this thing can really pound home and understand that you, you got to be out there. Um, Donald Trump said in one of his books, you know, people hate, you know, uh, uh, someone who's bragging, but who else is going to brag about you besides you? You know what I mean? So you got to <laughs> yeah. put yourself out there. I know it sounds a little, you know, uh, uh, Donald Trumpish, but at the same time, building a list is building yourself. And what I mean is the more deals you do or the more leads you come across, the more possibilities you have to talk with another buyer. One of the biggest mistakes I see in this industry when newer investors start is they try to, you know, for example, I used to be this guy where I talk, I wanted to go straight to the top to the best guys and gals. That, that's just my avenue. But they like, would shun me. And I'm like, what's going on? I mean, I thought I did everything this book said. Yeah. But what changed everything, Mike, and you know this, it's different when I'm hounding you every day to pick your brain for everything, Mike, but then the day I call and I'm like, Mike, I got a deal for 125 and needs 50 grand's worth 250. Give me a call. 
Uh-huh. You're my buyer now. Yep. You know what I mean? Yeah. So my buyer's list has been created by having attractive deals, by yeah. showing value. When I talk to somebody, I want to show them what I'm talking about because I don't want to waste their time. Just like you say, you're respectful of my time. You have to be respectful of the buyers in this industry as well as the sellers. But when you're going out there just passing on deals that have no equity, don't get upset when nobody opens your emails or nobody answers. Nowadays, what you know, again, we do have a buyer's list. I like to call it the bona fide list. Um, but the best thing I, I like doing, Mike, is I like just shooting a text or a call and saying I got a deal to one of my friends, associates, or business colleagues. You know what I mean? In yeah. the worst case, I'll put it on Facebook real quick and it'll sell that way. Yeah. I mean, it's good times when you can do it that way. And, and again, it hasn't always been that way, but that's called simple. Because yep. I used to try to have 50 different freaking avenues in the very end, get a good lead, take it to a good quality buyer who's bought today, not five years ago, they're buying today, and go from there. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Very important. Yeah, and you know what? You actually hit on something that I talk about a lot, and I'm glad you did. It was a, it was a really important point is when you're networking and when you're going out there and talking to people and trying to build this list, if all you're doing is taking from them, taking knowledge, asking advice, asking this, and all you're doing is chipping away at their time and their resources, but you're never bringing them value, you're, you're not going to get anything you know from them they don't want to they don't want to continue down that road indefinitely at some point you have to step up and provide value in some way so like you said you bring them a good deal where they can make money now you have their attention now now you're helping them make money you're not just chipping away at their time and really time is is priceless uh in this industry and just in general you don't get time back money can be made back Time never is never made back. So if someone's kind enough to give you their time, you need to respect that and then also try to provide value for them at some point too so that it's a give-and-take relationship. So Absolutely. It's got to be a win-win. You know, Nobody likes being taken advantage of. And that's what I always ask, Mike, is when I get a question like that, they're like, how do you provide value or, or how do you uh, um, you know, build your buyer's list? And when I hear people, you know, like you just said, you respect people's time, it's like who likes to have their time in any area of their life? If it's one of your friends that are just, you know, bulldogging you about something, you kind of push them away. So take <laughs> exactly, that, exactly. Like, take that knowledge of knowing how you treat other people who annoy you a little bit. Let's just be real. Yeah. And think about how you are when you're approaching somebody who's very busy. You know what I mean? So yep. the best way to do it without having any emotion involved is provide a very good damn lead. You know what I mean? Yep, I'm going to pick up my phone for you. Unfortunately, it's about the money right there. <laughs> <You know? laughs> exactly. Exactly. No, I, I couldn't agree more, man. I couldn't agree more. Now, because we are running along here, let's 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 do this. What advice for people just starting out in real estate? Whether the you know you're not just a wholesaler by any stretch. So let's just for a minute let's step out of the wholesaling. Just in general, real estate. Somebody comes to you. Maybe it's a nephew, a niece, a friend of a you know friend, whatever, and says, "Hey, I want to get involved in real estate. What advice can you give me? Where do I start? What do I do? How do I do this right? What, what advice would you give that person?" The phone is kind of cutting out. I apologize. Technology is a little bit of an enemy. Did you say <laughs> no how? It was, it was really bad right there, Mike. <laughs> okay, no, that's fine. I'll, I'll restate uh, it. I'll restate it. If if someone was going to come, someone came to you who you had an interest in seeing them succeed, and they said, "I want to be a real estate investor. I need some advice." What kind of advice could you give someone just starting out in this business? Oh gosh, uh, you know. I always put a ceiling on my opportunity years ago. And I tell you, Mike, it's just like riding a bike. Like I said, when you ride that bike, you know, a week later, you're, you're jumping hills on, you know, BMX, you're a pro. If I, you know, it's like, if I could do it again, go bigger. Um, you know, 
keep more of the knowledge inside, but also give it away more, but also build your business around people. So if you're starting out, remember the, 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 the money's made in the people still. It's not, you know, a software or a program or a machine that's going to like hide you from these, these people and just spit out a bunch of money to you. Don't get me wrong. We utilize software and it does work and help. But in the very end, it's people. So if you're getting in the business, the advice I just would love to just pour out to people is really just understand human beings. And I mean that. And again, I've been the guys turn and burn, you know, the REO run. Yep. I mean, we're flipping houses. It's just how it is. I, I still understand the volume game. But one thing I understand, I'm getting older. <laughs> and what I realize <laughs> is I love when I speak to somebody who's listening. Yeah. I love when someone talks to me and then I listen. They say, you know what? Thank you for listening. Yeah. That's the stuff that's important. So if you're building your business, learn from guys like Mike. I mean, you're pouring out so much education on these calls. I mean, it's it's just ridiculous the amount of information that's available. So I'm not going to kind of talk about the very basic stuff that would help them get started. But build your business around people. Yeah. Build it around your dreams. Never give up on the damn thing. If you have a dream, follow it. You know what I mean? Even when it's bad. Get goosebumps every day. When I say this stuff, I'm getting goosebumps right now because I go through my dreams even when they fail. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. No, man. I, I love that answer, and uh, and that's huge. And I, I you know, it's kind of funny. I like I've never I've asked that question before of other real estate investors. I've never heard anyone say that if they could do it over again, what they would want to do is dream bigger, go bigger. I I, lo I love that, man. I love that. If you're gonna do this, <laughs> why just dip your toe in, right? You're doing this because you want to be successful. Most people do it because they want a little bit of freedom, financial freedom. Yeah, definitely. Go for it. Let me let me give an example because again, you know, I, I want to magnify people's personalities, but I also want to show about how I used to think. And when you have a certain set of glasses on, that's all you're going to see. But I was taught by my mentor to put on a different set of glasses and really look how your life can change. As a wholesaler in Warren and East Point, Michigan, right? I had a lot of rentals in those areas, well, mainly East Point. I love East Point. But I wholesaled so many properties in those cities. It's unbelievable. But I used to buy a home for 15. I used to sell it for 25. And I used to make $10,000. I mean, Mike, that is... Yeah. I don't care who you are, $10,000 right. is a, a good amount of money, you know? Absolutely. But this is something that I learned more as I evolved in real estate, and it's changed my life by looking bigger. And I learned this from my mentor, is now I go into markets like Birmingham, for example. Yeah. Okay? And it's the same exact thing. you got to work a little harder. But, for example, this is a difference of what I'm doing nowadays than what I did in the beginning to wholesale is I bought that home for 15, I sold it for 25,000, I made 10,000. That's all you get though. After capital gains, after a business partner, after eating, you know, you know, Morton Steakhouse, you know what I mean? You put a couple bucks in your pocket, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, <laughs> you yeah, know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> but what I do nowadays is I'll take that same 15,000 and I'll take it to Birmingham, which I've done. Let me just use a real example. It was 20,000 down or 16,000 down on a $160,000 home. And I had a note for 144000 It was a land contract. That's pretty much what it was. Let me just keep it simple. Okay. But that, that money I put down, the 16000 is just like buying that house in East Point and flipping it for twenty five. Here's the difference of Birmingham. Not only did I make, you know, let's see, what was it, sixty-five, seventy-five thousand or something on that particular deal when I end up selling that home that I bought on terms with only 15000 down because I leveraged it. Yeah. The guy I sold it to made $200,000 building a home and then selling it to his client because I was in a better area 
in a better location with the exact same formula I used as a wholesaler. Yeah. I bought property with terms and I figured out a different market and a different niche and my wholesale fees fees doubled, tripled, quadrupled. That's you know awesome. what I mean? And yeah. another example, Mike, is that same wholesale deal. And I don't want to get too far ahead, but this is going to blow people away. It's going to make them love this call because I love it because of the stuff. Go, go, I do buy it, a home in Warren for fifteen or seventeen thousand five hundred. I bought it, and then I sold the home for twenty five thousand. Right? Yep. The twenty five thousand I made about seven thousand seventy five hundred, whatever. That seventy five hundred I put down on a four unit apartment building in Royal Oak that I owned. I just sold that four unit last week. I bought it for $160,000 with $7,500 down. I just sold it last week for $250,000. Wow. But I took my wholesale fee, Mike, yeah. of $7,500 because I'm, I didn't have to eat off of it. You know, In the beginning, we have to eat off of every bit of money we make. Yep. But now, my same mindset as a wholesaler, I took that $7,500, but I just made it work a little harder. I put it down on a property in a great location. I worked my ass off. I cleaned the property up. And then I sold it for a quarter million dollars. But here's the beauty. I bought that other four unit apartment on a contract land contract similar as well. But when I sold it for a quarter million, my lender let me take the money from the land contract and move it to another building I own. You know what I mean? Wow. He's, yeah. Not, he's now Wells Fargo. He's not the guy who like, you know, I walked into a bank as a self-employed business guy in real estate and they laugh at you if you want to. Oh yeah. Well. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? Yep. So I, I apologize if I took that really deep right there, but it goes to show that you can learn wholesaling, guys, but like if you think bigger <laughs> and you go bigger, you can take those very basic deals. And I love talking what I'm talking about right now because in the back of my head, I feel funny at times, Mike, because the guys that taught me this, my mentor, if I showed you the deals he does, <laughs> you know what I mean? Now, is I your mentor, is he is he in Michigan? I, I, don't, I probably, I don't know if I know, but is he in Michigan? No, he's not in Michigan. Okay, okay, he's okay. a national guy. We have multiple guys, gotcha. but you know. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm just curious if we if I knew the guy, but yeah, it's amazing <laughs> when you when you get in this business, right? And once you get out of that beginner mode where you you know, and I tell people I'm very adamant, when you first start out, pick pick a model, whether it's flipping, wholesaling, whatever it is, pick a model, put blinders on and master that before you ever start lifting your head up to look around at what else. So you don't get that shiny I object thing. But once you do master that and you make some money, like you said, you're not necessarily eating off of every dime you make. Once you start opening your eyes wider and you start looking at some other possibilities, it, it does sort of blow your mind. Like you said, you get goosebumps. You start looking at the possibilities. Like you said, just a simple leverage play doubled, tripled, and quadrupled your money for essentially right. the same work. Maybe a little bit more work, That's but right. the same model. The same model is making more money only because you learned how to leverage that money. And that's, I mean, you know, it's not necessarily a beginner's move, but it's something people should understand is down the road. So like you said, people don't know on this call, most of them don't know Warren, East Point, and Birmingham. But let's just put it this way. You were saying you were buying them for fifteen, seventeen thousand. So people can imagine it's it's not the you know the most upscale community in the world, but it's but <laughs> right. it's but it's not Detroit either. We should be clear about that it's nice blue collar you know middle america houses and you're talking about a few years ago i assume correct or you when you what, bought these houses deals? yeah no oh these are recent <laughs> oh you're buying these for 17 grand all right so we're gonna have to talk then because i buy in warren too yeah, and I'm, I'm i'm thinking now i don't want to get too specific about about where these things are because it's gonna bore the socks off of people in california but okay 
Warren is no, is, they're gonna they're gonna want to buy them from us. That's the thing. <laughs> they're, they're sitting there at their barbecues, <laughs> saying, "Man, I got to spend three hundred grand to get three hundred dollars cash." Well, yeah, I can go to Detroit. Exactly. <laughs> you know, the funny thing is, if you if you take these houses out of Warren and plop them somewhere in, in areas of, of uh, California, they would go for three hundred thousand dollars. That's the funny thing. But um, okay, good. So you're just making you're just making me more anxious to sit down and talk to you personally, anyways. But okay, so you're doing this. But Birmingham is a very upscale, high net worth area, very desirable. Um, there's a lot of money in Birmingham. So you know, when we're talking about the different areas here, that's that's kind of what we're doing. But yeah, I, I mean, but that's that's so key is that you just learn a couple of things and you could just tweak your model a little bit and you you double and triple your income so that's that's, right. that's the kind of the advanced side of it but but it's not that far down the road and, and i think what your point was is don't let that be your 10-year plan get in get six months eight months a year under your belt learn what you're doing and then start looking even bigger and take bigger chunks of the pie every time oh yeah one of my first uh um, coaches on he's a local guy uh, one of my buddies, Bob, he uh, he used to always say it to me, Steve, he's like, if I talk to you in five years and you're still wholesaling, you know, there's issues. And, <laughs> and he wasn't being rude. What he meant by that is that, you know, this business has such a high ceiling. Why would we ever want to remain where we're at? But here's also the, the, the other flip side of what he said, because he's a very humble, real guy. And Steve, the beautiful part is if the sky fell out, if everything went bad in life, we can go back for the fundamentals of wholesaling and stirring up deals and making money. You know what I mean? So it's a, it's a, a, it's an expertise. It's something that don't get me wrong. The economy can go away guys, but the best part about it, you know, like is people can't take your knowledge from you. They can't take right. your passion. They can't take yep. all these things that people really, really buy from you. You know what I mean? They buy, when I say people lend me money, they don't lend money on the house. They lend it to me. And I mean that they, you know, yeah. most of the time they're like, Hey, see in Vegas, they mess around when they lend me money and say that. Don't get me wrong. They're, they're educated. They got security on the deal. They know that they're, you know, they're safe and secure, but they're lending it to me. You know what I mean? And, oh, and it I, is, I it couldn't goes agree further more. than the deal. I could agree you know? more. I, I, you know, I, I, we talked to, again, before the call, I have private investors that, that are lending me money and they're very excited to work with me, not because I'm doing the most deals uh, in, in the city. You know, you're doing more than I am. It's not because I have the most experience. They're lending me money. People, people work with people. They don't work with companies, right? So just because my company might have a cool name or not, or, you know, I drive up in a shiny car, none of that matters. People invest in people. And this is where that whole networking thing comes in. Like you said, it's, it's a people business. I have Bennett networking events and walked away with private investor money because they identified with me. You know, and there was other That's people right. in the room who would have been more than happy to use their money to buy deals, but they didn't give them their money. But you know what? Other people got other people's investment funds and not, and they didn't give it to me because they identified with someone else. So it, it, you're right. People, people loan to people. There's no doubt about that. It's a, it's a people business at the, at the core. And if you're, you know, for lack of a better term, if you're kind of an a-hole, you're going to have a hard time in this business. People don't want to work with people like that, right? So, right. you know, if you're not real, if you're not being genuine, you're sort of screwed from the seller standpoint, from the investor standpoint, nobody's going to want to work with you. Well, it's a business, again, where, you know, it's definitely, it's about the money, you know. But if what I, I love, you know, telling people is listen to my talks years ago. Listen how I used to be. Listen to the you know, the, the level of education I used to have, you know, to talk to people about who first met me at the Rias and stuff, they, those people all dissed to me. They really did. I used to get offended. I used to feel bad. I used to be like, what's wrong with me? The thing was, is I always knew my time was coming. 
so the beautiful thing about listening to guys like you and myself, Mike, is, you know, some people might listen and be like, gosh, these guys really know what they're talking about. Because I can tell you know what you're talking about. We could talk for a long time. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. But the we didn't come from this. We were born real estate, you know, guys. You know what I mean? So at the sure. same time, what I love is when you hear this, understand that that's all you have to do is focus and you have to obsess over that and you will become it. You'll get it. You'll start getting the phone calls. You know, it's almost like you have to like truly magnify your focus on this stuff. If not, don't get upset, you yeah. know, cause most people doesn't work all that. I love listening to people that are like, I got on landlording. It's terrible. Terrible for who? For you. <laughs> exactly. You know, yeah. I, my assistant hears some things from me about land, uh, um, uh, about our income properties and stuff where it drives me crazy. But you know what's, what's great? Those properties work like a slave every single month, Mike, to pay a guy like me, whether I'm mean to him or not. That's what property does to me. Yeah. Whether I'm mean, I hate my piece of property or I hate being a landlord, they still pay me. Yep. So when you learn that level of respect and like you, you kind of look at it, it's like, wow, this thing generates cash for me. Also, there's a human being living in there. What I would say to that landlord is maybe it was your attitude is yeah. why you didn't have the experience. You know what I mean? Yep, so sometimes absolutely. you got to work yourself harder than the actual damn business and all this other stuff, you know? Absolutely. <laughs> well, listen, now that I have lost every shred of of uh, of uh you know, integrity that I have with, with keeping my responsibility to, to getting you out of here on time with this interview. Uh, you know, I can't be trusted at all at this point. I will say this. I think this this is the record for the longest interview that I've done so far. I typically try to stay pretty close to the to the time frame. But, man, you're just a wealth of knowledge, Steve. Honest to God, this is good. I'm, I'm actually I'm half considering as we talk here to split this up into two episodes because I, I really don't want. I know sometimes when episodes go long, no matter how good they are, people get, are they're done with their drive. They're done working out and they have to pause it and they never go back so i may split this up i think it's definitely worthy bite of going size. through uh yeah bite size so people can digest it a little bit easier because frankly there's also a lot of information coming at them here so if they're not sitting there with pen and paper it might be tough to take it all in but it, it we are going to take it to a close now i i, I could not appreciate your time more. I sincerely apologize from the bottom of my heart. All kidding aside, I didn't mean to keep you this long. Uh, you did hint at maybe doing this again down the road. So if I haven't ruined my credibility, I think I may uh, see if we can do that and deep dive into some of these things. But before we go, is there anything that you would like to promote, talk about, something you have going on? I don't know. Like I said, I don't know you well enough to know if you have products, services, things that you'd like to talk about. If so, please, please, now's the time. I'd like to hear about it. You know, I'd always love to promote the co coaching side and, you know, how I'd love to help the next person become success. And awesome. I'd love to talk about the new construction projects we're doing, the shopping centers we're going to be developing in the future here, and, you know, all this great real estate we do. I love all that, Mike, but, you know, in the very end, I, I, I do have a selfish side where I, I want to learn how to help express what I've learned to other people so they can learn more. Sure. There's nothing worse than having all this knowledge and not being able to share it. So one plug I might say is, you know, I just hope I've sold these folks a little bit on the fact that they can sell their self on this being a possibility. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Um, I'd love to promote every bit of my business, but guys, I'm an open book. Um, you want to drop on my cell phone anytime, they can call me. If not, you can go on Facebook. It's, I think it's like forward slash the Steve knows or something. Uh, but again, I'm not going to promote any kind of websites or any services. I did this call truly um, because, you know, you approached me and we kind of talked. I looked into it. It's something that I want to do to give back as well. So unfortunately, I'm not really going to, you know, plug in anything. I, I am open to helping people, but I admit I love doing what we're doing right now because 
it's harder for me to work with only one individual one at a time at times because yeah. I'm so busy myself. There's yeah. nothing better than having gentlemen, you know, guys like you that understand technology. And, I, you know, thousands of people can listen to this. Absolutely. So the beauty of it is just be able to plug a guy like you and Mike, you know, and like giving you a thanks for getting me on here because it helps spread my voice, but also makes me realize more. I got to spend more time doing this. I really do because I enjoy giving back. And at times I forget. We didn't even know each other. Yeah. That's just terrible, by the way. You know yeah, what I mean? It is. It is. It is. <laughs> but but it's, it's, it's room for improvement. You know what I mean? So if yeah. I can be of any help and I can do this stuff in the future, again, I try to be as real as possible. But I will say in the very end, it's all about the money, guys. When it comes to wholesaling and flipping a house, you're there for the money. Yeah. Don't let it go past you. But in the very end, you know, I just hope I sold people on the fact that they can do this because I had to sell myself in the beginning, and that's what made the difference, you know? Yep, absolutely. And I am going to link to your Facebook page for sure. And do uh, you really want me to put your phone number in there? Because, I, I you know, <laughs> you could get blown up here by a bunch of questions. Is that, is that cool? <laughs> It doesn't really matter. You know, like, right. if you want to pick it up and do a couple-part period, we'll we'll release it. Let's see how the turnout is from this call. But, okay. again, I'm... I'm open to it, but All yeah, right. if you All can right. respect it for now, we'll do it later and we'll that's, go from there. That's know? what we'll do. That's what we'll do. And and just so everyone knows who's listening to this, I'm going to have the show notes. You can find them at juststartrealestate.com forward slash Steve Mills. That's where you're going to find everything we talked about today, a summarize uh, of the episode. And uh, yeah, this has been a lot of fun, Steve. And like I said, I, you know, I, I joked about it a little bit. I do feel bad that we went over this far, but uh, it was such a good, good, just tons of information coming out of this. And I think people are going to get a lot out of it. So if people aren't excited about real estate after listening to this, you're not really destined to do real estate. You might want to turn, turn your attention to something else because this was you know, a lot we'll of fun, do man. Too, Mike. We'll, uh, we'll get my business partner, Eric Starr, because you know, truthfully, I never really uh, uh, do many talks without him on here. But one day, maybe we can get him on here because you'll see the absolute different personalities between him and I. But there's nothing that I could have talked to you about today to any, on, without having a guy like him in the beginning and where we are today Yeah. and being able to bounce ideas off. Guys like you, I get to talk to. There's nothing better than having camaraderie and a partner. Oh, you know what absolutely. I mean? So maybe next time we get my partner involved, you can see the different dynamics. But at the same time, you know, guys, don't go at it alone in this business. If you can learn one thing, we're all like lone wolves at times. I kind of hate yeah. it. You know, you're, you're like on your your own island. But at the same time, there's nothing greater than being able to relate to people, you know. And, yep. and again, Mike, it's just a blessing to be able to meet you. And I appreciate you pulling me on here, you know. Yeah, I, I appreciate you doing this. And we will get you back here. Maybe talk about some of your development stuff. I know you've got a lot of attention turned toward that. and You're very excited about it. So, And that's something that I've really not delved into. I've not talked to many people who are into that. I don't know a lot about it. So it would be a good learning experience for me as well. And we'll get your partner on and maybe do something like that down the road here. Well, here's a secret. Builders pay more for lots right now on a wholesale than a rehabber will <laughs> if you're in the right area. So builders can be some of your best buyers for your wholesale deals. You know, Nice, nice. That's, that, that is exciting. And I, I definitely want to dive into that and talk to you because... Man, I, I don't know. I yeah, these these kind of calls get me so excited and get my you know juices flowing and thinking about all the different things that I that I could be doing. So yeah, we'll we'll definitely dive into that. And like I said, um, on a personal side, I do want to get a hold of you after this at some point and sit down and maybe maybe buy you dinner or, or buy you a drink and we'll sit down and, and spend a little time and talk about how we can work together because I do think there's going to be an opportunity for us to work together and and uh, make some money. Beautiful, I awesome appreciate man. It, man. Well, thanks. thanks. Yeah, thank you for doing this, and I will talk to you soon, bud. Take care. All right. Bye-bye. 
Okay, guys, one last thing before you go. I'd like to ask you a favor. I'd like you to think about the one thing in your business that you struggle with, something that you really need help with, something that you think I might be able to help you get past, a hurdle, a question, just something that plagues you when you're trying to move forward in your business and let me know what it is. Shoot me an email at mike at juststartrealestate.com and put the subject line help and tell me what it is that's keeping you from taking the next step, that's keeping you from propelling your business forward or what's keeping you from getting started. What piece of information, what what thing is, is sort of holding you back from doing what you want to do in this business. I really want to know. I really want to create solutions for your problems. And I can only do that if you tell me what your problems are. I truly want to help. Please send me an email at mike at juststartrealestate.com. Subject, help. And let me know what it is that's holding you back. Until next time, if investing in real estate is your dream, there's only one way you can make it a reality. Just start. We'll